0: The following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, often we talk about boundaries and the necessity for those, just having those uh, really healthy structures in in place, uh, these borders in your life for relationships. And uh, so how would you know if you had bad boundaries or just unable to keep boundaries?
1: Yeah, well, I can identify with some of those symptoms. So it's easy for me to, um, I mean, I can just kind of shake my head right now thinking I wish I had known how to do it differently. Um, I would say if you can identify... Broken boundaries in your own life, it would be considering things like this. I have difficulty making decisions and sticking with them if someone opposes them. I remember at times, and I had responsibility, and yet, if there was someone who was very strong opposing what I believed was right, um, I would cave in at times, and I didn't like it. I knew I didn't want that, but I, I did because I did not understand how to deal with boundaries. Um, and by the way, we have a checklist at our, our ministry. It's um, our keys on boundaries. And, and I love uh, the title, the subtitle, "How to Set them. How to keep them? Yes, <laughs> it's not just setting a boundary. Mm. How do you hold to that repercussion? Because there needs to be a, what I call two R's: repercussions and rewards. If somebody breaks the boundary, that that and they're they're wrong, they've crossed the line. There should be a repercussion. Or if they keep and stay within. Right kind of boundary, uh, then there can be a reward, and we can talk about that later, but it's t- to 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 understand it's like I feel I must seek the opinions of others before acting on the decision I believe is right. I fear expressing what I really feel, I lack confidence in my own convictions. I avoid certain people because I fear i could be opposed or i could be embarrassed i have difficulty maintaining eye contact with others i'm reluctant to ask others for help i dread losing the love and affection of others and nobody wants to lose love and affection but if it if it's dread you know it's like if it, i feel like it'd be that uh, like the end of the world um uh, I I do favors for others when I actually know I shouldn't. I avoid asking people to return overdue items they borrowed. It's like I well I can't I can't mention that I need to have that back. Um, I need a great deal of assurance from others. I ignore untruthfulness in others by failing to correct them. I remember doing that um, as a leader. I knew I was being lied to, but I just thought, well, I really didn't know how to do confrontation. Maybe that's what we ought to talk about Mm -hmm. next, at least sometime soon. I have difficulty opposing unfair situations. I think I have, Uh, I think I have to answer the phone every time it rings. No, no, you don't. Uh, I typically listen to telemarketers, even when I want to say, no, thank you. And we need to know how to get off the phone. And sometimes I'll just say, I'm sorry, I need to hang up. And they keep on, I say, I'm sorry, right now I'm going to hang up. You know, sometimes I'll say, "I wish you well, or sometimes i'll I'll find something to say, but i you know i but then i I literally have to get i pull off and hang up the phone because i'm tell but I tell them i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. um, I feel compelled to send money when I receive solicitations or requests for donations. I trained my mom about that I'll share that along the way. I feel guilty when I say no to someone who's asking for my time. You know, there are times when we need to be committed to something else, and you don't need to feel guilty. If you need to say no, then you say no, and that's acceptable. I sometimes accept the blame—oh, I used to do this—I sometimes accept the blame for the mistakes of others. I feel guilty when someone suffers a repercussion for breaking a boundary that I set. That is not your guilt. Um, I I think I had to learn a lot. In fact, the Bible even says, this is Titus 2.12, say no to ungodliness, live self-controlled there are times you have to say no to a person so that you can say yes to god again there are times you have to say no to a person so that you can say yes to what is god's will and it is not wrong to have boundaries somebody the other day said oh they make me feel selfish if i have a boundary
2: What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Karen Council Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Karen Council Library today at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org.
3: No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1 800 917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817 your story might bless someone else's life
0: Welcome back to Hope in the night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver and that we want to help you and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd love to help you and understand uh, what uh, resources would be best for you to get a hold of. And uh, they would like to just provide help to you when you need it the most. Call them and let them know whatever issues you might be dealing with, and they'll recommend some of our resources to you. We want to uh, let you know about one of our keys for living, as Jim was talking about the topic of boundaries a moment ago. That's called boundaries, how to set them, how to keep them. That's, again, how to set them, how to keep them, the keys for living on boundaries. And customer support can help you get that. The number is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Well, do you have something going on in your life and you'd like to talk with June about that and just have a discussion going and understand what God's heart would be on your situation because the... Uh, the word of God does apply to every situation. Anything we could be going through in life, we'd uh, like to help you to sort that out, to deal with it uh, in the best possible way. So give us a, a call at 800 Night 17, and we'll talk to you about being a part of the program here and uh, just getting some guidance, some hope into your situation. Again, 800 Night 17. That's 800-644-4817. Just call and we'll uh, give you a call back to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. Well, we want to get to our caller for tonight. We have a listener on the BOT Radio Network in Kansas. We welcome tonight Valerie.
1: Hi, Valerie. Welcome to Hope.
4: Hi, June.
0: How
1: can we help you?
4: Well, I've been listening to you for um, over 10 years now, and I have some of your books. And oh. I want yes, thank you so much, but I wanted thank to you. address some issues uh with my family. I recently um been rejected a lot more than I normally am, and mm-hmm. um i I misunderstood over some family issues that totally got me away from the family.
1: Mhm, okay. Uh, Feel misunderstood. Wow. Rejection, by the way, I I don't know anything harder uh, unless it's the word betrayal. I think those two words are the most profound in terms of causing pain when we're rejected by someone whom we feel is significant in our lives or should be significant. And... uh, so I'm so sorry. So, um, do you want to share what has happened?
4: Okay. Um, now I'm an adult. I am 60 years old, but mm-hmm. I don't think I actually matured to that level. Um, and when I was growing up, um, my mom is a famous choir director and, um, and you know we went to church quite a bit, being a choir director's kids, and mm-hmm. we attended church quite a bit. Well, my mom had help raising me with two of her sisters, but she had like ten sisters. Well, two of them she was really close to, and everybody kind of had this big church family. And so I had three mothers. Oh, and I had you know, I had three people to discipline me, and and in a violent way, but... Violent? Uh, Did you say violent? Up, yes. Yes, Whoa. ma'am.
1: Hmm. And like, so like, growing what, up in
4: what, church, it
5: was so what would much they do, that, uh,
4: I witnessed on Sundays, you know, everybody was so nice and, you know, presentable mm-hmm. whenever we was at church, even if it's during the
5: week, mm-hmm.
4: I dealt with different people. They were kind, they were church-going people, they were active in the church. But I didn't know those people at home. The people at home were abusive, were violent, and I couldn't understand that. In fact, it scared me because it happened all of such a. I, my my earliest memory is seven, all the way up. And um,
1: what happened and at I, age seven? Describe uh, at
4: seven. I really bad, and I was denied. I'd like. To, I was denied to learn to read and write. And so the abuse was so bad that I could only clean because one of my aunt, Almita, had a cleaning service. We were like maids. And she had a cleaning okay. service where she cleaned these big, beautiful, rich homes. And so she figured the oldest girl, it was two girls and one boy, that if you're the oldest, you did this cleaning. And so, and it was not just regular cleaning, it's like eight hours you know, all summer, every holiday, you know, Mm. every weekend or whatever, that we're not in church. Nothing came from church but the cleaning. And um, I used to sit and um, clean so much that when I would get done cleaning and I thought I did a good job, seven, eight, nine, I mean, it lasted all those years. And she would say, call me names, and she will say, you didn't clean good. And uh, you don't deserve a hamburger. And she'd stop at Hardy's and buy everybody burgers. And I didn't get one. Mm. You know, and, and I would I would go with her the next time. I'd really clean. You know, so I can earn a hamburger. Mm-hmm. And she'd do it again. And so mm. um, that went on for quite some time. But her abuse became more severe. Um, she began to uh, beat me with extension cords, switches, belts and then um, for cleaning. And then uh, um, she'd go to church, and she's this wonderful ursher, or she's on all the programs, and people acknowledge them in church. But then come Monday, there's this abusive lady again, and then my other aunt. So I was so confused because I didn't couldn't figure out, who these people are because they were different at church. Yes. And it was messing me up because of the abuse. And that went on for a lot of years. And so um, everybody would go to church, and they'd get the Holy Ghost and run around the church. I'd be terrified. You know, by now I'm like 10, 11, because I didn't know what they were running for. Get it? And and I didn't understand it, and I never did. And so um, back to Monday... During the week, you get beat. You, you, I'd have to sit in the corner for eight hours while the kids play outside, and, you know, I wasn't allowed. And um, when I got, like, maybe about 11 or 12, I wanted to learn to read and write because I'd see my sister and brother studying. And so— um, So you're telling me that I you got, did
1: not go to school. Is that correct? You were not I went allowed to go to school. Because-
4: I went to school, uh, USD 259 in Wichita. But when I went to school, they put me in a special education class because I didn't talk. Mm, and so okay. I don't know what took my voice. I don't know if it was the abuse. I just did not talk. So they would call me dumb and wanch and heifer and yellow and and, and mm. names that I answered to. I didn't even know my name. I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know ABCs. Mm. In fact, I never had anybody read a book to me but one lady, and her name was Betty, and she'd always read Martin Luther King. She'd recite it, but beyond mm. that, there was no one else, and I wasn't allowed, and when I got in special education, I just sit there, and um, there was no actual teacher being in the room for the students, and then I didn't talk. And so even the teacher would never really pay me much attention. So one day I spoke and he, I asked, can I have homework? And he was like shocked. And so I went home with dot to dots. Now I'm like 11 and so I was so excited. I didn't know it wasn't homework. So when I got there, my aunt and my mom was there and I handed them the paper because I was terrified of saying anything in front of them. And so um, I handed the paper and my aunt said, you dumb so-and-so cuss word. And she said, this ain't homework. This ain't nothing but dot-to-dots. I didn't even know the numbers to put the dot-to-dots. So, mm. um, um, she would beat me, because I kept coming with these dot-to-dots. Well, I was stealing them from the teacher's desk. I thought it was homework because he didn't give me anymore. And I did that for a while, and she was like, you don't got no homework, and, you know, you're dumb. Well, nobody ever taught me nothing. And during the week, like I say, we went to church a lot. My mom had to write songs for the famous choir, so we had to be quiet because all week long she's writing songs, and we went to bed at a certain time. So we never had I never had books read to me. You know, and so I was missing that education and that that structure. But we were, you know, choir director kids. We followed the preacher everywhere. We went had tent revivals. You know, we went to everything you can think of. But I couldn't read and write, and they were beating me all week. And mm. so I wasn't I wasn't normal. Like I would just sit there in a stare because of this abuse. It got worse. So by age 12, I got raped by my aunt's son. Mm. He had just graduated Mm. from Southeast High, and he was a well-known football player, athlete, and uh, he had a good reputation in the church. He was a musician. He still is. Mm. He's famous. So um, I got raped. And I remember uh, my mom coming in the room, and I handed her a sack, because as I was bleeding, I collected these underclothes, clothes, my undergarments garments, mm.
5: and mm-hmm. I had
4: about four of them, and I kept them in a sack. So my mom came in the room, and I handed it to her, and she said, oh, let me tell you girls, me and my sister, about the birds and the bees. Now, remember, I don't have no education. I don't, certainly don't know about the birds and the mm. bees. And she sat on the edge of the bed, and she said, Valerie, you're... Your administration is starting, and mm. this birds and bees. I didn't understand it, so I said, "Speedy did it, which is my cousin's nickname, and mm-hmm. she kept talking, and I said it again, and then, um I was still bleeding, and um uh, she said, "What you mean, Speedy did it? you know, because that's her sister's son. And he mm-hmm. just graduated your cousin. Your cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Mm-hmm. And he's on his way to the Army. He had just graduated in this summer. And uh, so she took me back to my aunt's house. And she said, When you get over there, you better talk. Because you know I don't talk. And she said, You better say something when we get over here. And uh, we got over there, and it was my aunt, her husband, or his dad, and him. Well, he came out of the room in his underwear. I panicked. I was terrified because what hurt me is right there. But I don't know what, how to verbalize it. And so um, I had the bloody panties because Mom handed me the sack bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And,
4: um
1: mm. So what you're saying is your cousin was the one who was there and he came out just uh with his underpants oh no, sure yes yep and that that terrified you because that was how you um well you were raped by him hmm. well, and it was two what, days what was two days
4: it was two days that i told so i hadn't
1: said anything oh, oh. to anyone since you had to- told your mom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I am grateful that you, and by the way, you're speaking very logically. You're very sequential. What you're
6: sharing is important. It's- Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that he accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as his precious beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org.
2: We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected, and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer.
0: back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and continued support of this ministry. It means so much to us. We really uh, do appreciate that. Well, if you have any questions uh, for Any of the topics on the program, maybe something's going on in your life, and we all face challenges, big and small, in our daily lives. But do you know that our customer support team can be a valuable resource to you? Call them anytime, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. The number is 800-488-HOPE, and they'll help you access the appropriate resources of ours, either Keys for Living or books, Bible studies, and uh, it's uh, all available uh, as you uh, order directly from them. They can talk to you and recommend some of those to you. Uh, Their number, again, 800-488-HOPE. And you can also email them at customer support at org. Ask your questions of them. Uh, maybe you'll uh, bring up some topics and resources that we have discussed in tonight's program. Uh, also, I uh, want to recommend one of our keys for living, actually, a couple of them one called uh, Verbal and Emotional Abuse, Victory Over the Power of Abuse, and also uh, Childhood Sexual Abuse, and that's called The Secret Storm. Those and many other. Uh, Resources are available, as you call our customer support team, again, at 800-488-HOPE. Well, let's return now to our conversation with Valerie.
1: Well, Valerie, as I'm listening to your story, uh, truly my heart goes out to you, because you are not treated in what would be called a normal, acceptable way. Um, It's like... uh, You didn't feel seen for who you are. Uh, You were definitely um, a a person who could clean because of the cleaning business. But um, even at school, not talking would indicate that uh, when you were able to talk, that typically means being fearful. I
3: in terms of your
1: what 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 do you think or did you ever when you were first going to school did you talk then or not really
4: no i still didn't talk because um it, it, as an african-american community there's this thing that you're raised and it's embedded in you don't tell what goes on in this house stay there that meant abuse that meant anything, and you just, this fear of, you better not tell. Mm-hmm. And so I felt so fearful of my three mothers, you know, that I I, I just, I couldn't talk. I didn't talk.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And so after I was uh, confronted uh, my a rapist, my mother, and I did speak up, I said he'd done it, and I handed him, the sack with the panties, and, um, well, earned a garment. And so, um, my mother and I and my stepfather, we left there, and, uh, they took me back home, and I was still uh, in pain. I was still, uh, bleeding heavily. Um, I was a virgin. And so, um, Uh, Nobody spoke all the way home. I got home. My mother didn't say anything else. Um, I didn't know anything about pads, but I was um, uh, taking my brother's tube socks. I don't know how I knew just to do it, and Mm -hmm. I would, you know, use those. And um, she just never spoke another word about it, and I, I didn't either. And now mm. he, I have to see him because my aunts were the babysitter, so I'm going back over there every day, and nobody ever said nothing. Mm. I got to see him at church, mm. you know. Er, you know, I got to see him at the programs. He's a the musician in the choir, and it's
1: mm-hmm.
5: a big,
4: big choir. And so I just nobody ever said nothing, and so, um.
1: So there was no confrontation. A true confrontation nope. of when they when you all when the whole well your mom dad, and you went to your aunt's home um and yet the in the in the sack was the were the, the, the evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
4: they evidence
1: <laughs> but um so no one said a word about that did they they, nope. they did do you think they figured out what you were really? Saying,
4: They knew exactly what I was saying because I was not the first and I was not the last. And uh-huh. this became a secret.
5: Uh, uh. Listen.
4: Okay, years ago, they had these adult uh, porn magazines. Well, inside of those were posters. And mm-hmm. this boy collected them all over the wall. Well, for years in the church and in my aunt, a deacon's wife, and, you know, it, it just was accepted. I didn't know what that was a threat because I didn't look like the posters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I never, all my life at his house and all the family know the posters were there. So there was some sort of a lustful addiction going on with him from far as back. He collected and they were all over his wall, his ceiling. And that's just the way the bedroom was. And uh, so, um, it it wasn't a threat because, like I said, I don't look like that. But something happened one day. Uh, he was a famous um, football player, and uh, I remember. Remember now, I can't play outside, so I'm sitting in this corner. Well, if you don't look over there, and you know you don't know a little bitty kid is in that corner, you don't see me. And mm-hmm. so, um, at this, I got raped at 12. And so. Uh, there was this blonde, uh, cheerleader. The reason I say cheerleader is because she's got a cheerleading outfit on. And she had long blonde hair and this ponytail. And there was this big old boat. And she came in perky and cheerful. And I remember my aunt saying, he's downstairs.
5: Oh. Oh.
4: And this, 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 this friend that probably admired him as a football player, thought he was harmless. I would give or take, uh, it was a long time, and I could hear this boom, boom, boom. She runs up the stairs, and she tells. Well, I never heard the word rape, so I didn't Mm. know what that was. Mm. And she said it. And her hair is messed up. There's no bow. The ponytail is not there. She's red. She's crying. And my aunt, the both of them were there, and she goes, um, do your parents know you're over here? And then she said the N-word. And mm-hmm. uh, and does your parents know you're over here chasing the N-word? And mm-hmm. she said, wouldn't they like to know? And that girl ran out that door mm. crying. So yeah. I didn't put it together. That's the first time I actually heard the word rape. Because yes. remember, my mother didn't speak about it. Nobody ever talked about it after. But at the time, I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, he had raped several others in the family, the rumors. I have a cousin that said he tried to, you know, get hurt. So these rumors were about, and, and, and I, my mother still took me over there to babysit. And so uh, as time went on, uh, I, I'm... After 12, something happens when you're violated like that. And and I began to um, be rebellious. I was still not talking, but I wanted a hamburger, so I would steal candy. Mm -hmm. And so it started with candy right in the same summer of my rape. And then I remember coming that same summer. My mother and my sister were so close before she passed. We lost her and the baby, and so uh, I came in the house, and I was down the street playing with my friends, and I came in, and Mom had a whole bunch of brand-new clothes. You know, you're getting your kids ready for school, and school about to
5: start, mm-hmm.
4: and you have, and uh, she says, Valerie, I didn't buy you anything, because uh, you may not like it. Hmm. And there was wow. a lot of clothes. I didn't say nothing. I did go in the room, lay across the bed, and I kind of cried because I thought some of that was mine. It was so much, you know, new mm-hmm. stuff. And they were, they, had, you know, been shopping. They went out to eat, and I could never go with them to. Like she would never take all of us, except if we're going out every Friday. We went out to eat, and we had fun times at, at times, but I was always the oddball.
1: And so, uh, well, you were treated I, I think, that way, you were treated yeah, as an exactly. oddball, you weren't yes. an oddball, but it's not, but yet, you were not allowed to flourish like a child yes. should have been allowed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what you're saying is the others got new clothes for school, except for yep. you, and uh-huh. Did did you feel um at times it was deserved or not deserved?
4: It wasn't deserved because I didn't understand that.
1: No, I know but it wasn't did, deserved. I, what did yeah, you feel I didn't though? Understand it. Okay. Wow.
4: And you so know, I began to steal is... I began to steal and, they shop-lift, mm-hmm. and then shoplift. And then I shoplifted, and then I got arrested as a juvenile delinquent, and I didn't want to go home. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. in the juvenile system, they allow the parents to sign you out, which they should probably maybe wait 48 hours to 72 because you may open up about the abuse. Well, they, they call them right away. So you don't have time to say, look, I don't want to go back there. Please don't make me go back. You know, I didn't get that because there's your parents there in a... Hour and a half or two hours, I was terrified. And my mom says in front of them, "Why did you still, you know?" And I'm sitting there thinking, "You don't, know, you don't, know, you stop buying me clothes." But I didn't say anything. I could have got mm-hmm. help. And so when they came, I didn't want to go. You know, I didn't want to leave because I was safe. So then I said, "Oh, I stole it again," and I got arrested again. And they put me in this little juvenile place. I didn't want to go home. And my stepfather and mother came to visit me. And they said, well, you're going home next month. And I just said, no, I don't want to go. But I didn't tell. I could have maybe got help then. So when I left Pittsburgh Juvenile Center, I'm around maybe 13. Here's my stepfather beating me. So I have uh, three mothers, and now this man is in her life. And he's Mm -hmm. beating me, and he's a alcoholic. He's not in church, and um, it was even worse. And then I kept stealing, and then I started uh, running away. Yeah, and I was thirteen. I have an aunt. She was a worked for the airlines, and she moved to New York from Wichita, Kansas. And that was the biggest thing. And. Mm-hmm. And she said, and? if I had Valerie, what she would do. If she had me. And that just stuck with me. And I stole some money and I got on a bus. And I'm 13 and I'm in New York City. Oh. Well. Trying to find that auntie that said, if she had me, what all she would do for me.
1: Wow, wow. I know. Yeah, so uh, what you said is that there were a number of, well, ants that you had, but here's someone, and it's planting a seed. Oh, I could live with someone else.
0: If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free.
7: Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, Family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
0: You are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. Uh, If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, there are over 100 of our Keys for Living that help you address your situation. Keys for Living provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, and uh, maybe something is going to connect with you as you talk to customer support. They'll recommend some of our resources for you to take a look at, and uh, their number is 800-488-HOPE. You might want to ask them about the keys for living on dysfunctional families it's called Making Peace with your past, also we have uh, keys for living on rejection and abandonment, healing the wounded heart. Uh, another topic, uh, one more that has come up tonight on the program here, that you might be uh, interested in finding more about is domestic violence. That's called "There's No Excuse for Abuse." You see, there are so many topics here, and we'd like to get the right resources in your hands. So just talk to customer support; they'll be happy to help you to uh, do that. If you'd like to see the full listing of our resources with uh, keys for living our Bible studies, other books that have been written, uh, you just go to hopefortheheart.org store. That's hopefortheheart.org store. Take a look there, and uh, you can order directly through the website there. So we hope you'll spend some time there. Well, let's return to our conversation with Valerie.
1: Well, Valerie, I'm going to ask a few questions, but I want to say something before I ask these questions. I okay. want you to hear I talk to a lot of people, and I enjoy talking to people. But I want you to hear that you are intelligent. It doesn't matter that, well, it's wrong that you were not taught to read or write. But your vocabulary is above average. You are. You can tell a story, and it's not just scattered. Where, it, things don't fit. Uh, you are telling things in order of a sequence. There are many things, and I. Um, there was something that um, happened to me years ago, and I always thought I wasn't smart, and um, and I. I don't think of myself as smart. I, I can tell who were smart people, but I had to. Have, there were a number of people who kept trying to talk me out of how I felt, and there was a lot of trauma I had early on, uh, and uh, I, 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 I. But I wouldn't give an excuse for not being able, at one time, to make good grades and i just thought i was dumb so i just want you to hear that i like you i am so glad we're talking and i appreciate you explaining a lot about your life because it's important the reason it's important there are some others who have experienced similar things And they typically feel nobody would understand. Nobody has my situation. But there are some people who've had your situation. And it can be an encouragement to them hearing you share. Do you believe me as I say that? Yes. Okay. It's important. And since you've been listening to this program for, you said, 10 years, you've heard people who've had a lot of pain, haven't you?
4: Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: Okay. So um, when I'm listening to this, uh, was there a change where you did, um, I understand that, you were in school but you were put with all the people who basically They called um, it
4: the dumb class. Special education class. is throwaways. Yeah. and you know, my aunt them, you know, she's not in a normal class and so I didn't I didn't took right. it whatever they called me and it was just a dumb class, so
1: so I, do you understand that you're not dumb? Or at times, do you now, feel? Okay.
4: Because I had a miracle happen. Uh, well, tell me, tell no me about forward. your miracle.
1: Okay. okay. No, I want you to. Okay. What happened?
4: Okay. In '93, something happened to me. In '92, I got beat in my head, and it was—you know—it's it, a long story. That's another story. Okay. So, in '93. I was going, I was scheduled to go to the city manager's review board, and the city manager was this nice guy named Chris Churches. Oh, he was so nice. He's since passed away, and his assistant was uh, Paul Steinburner. And so he says, well, Valerie is scheduled for December the 18th of 93.
1: What does this mean, review board? What does that mean? Well, what's that about?
4: That, that's after um, you've had um, a police brutality where, like, if it was mistaken identity, and the police jump on you and 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 bite you, and then you go and you appeal <laughs> and you do it the right way. Oh, okay. And, and okay. That's another story. So, okay. Um, June in August of ninety three, I was in the bedroom for two days. And I took these books, my nephew's elementary books. I've got any books I could get, and I laid them across the bed. And I was in there just wailing and praying. And I began to just pray and say, you know, Lord, you said you're a rabbi and that you're a teacher, and these people are powerful, and I don't know how to read. I can't go mm-hmm. up against this. I didn't do mm-hmm. it, and, you know and uh i began to pray today and um i opened up these books and something just got in my spirit and i just opened it up and i was reading i've never read in my life
5: oh and so
4: yeah 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 now 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 listen I, i was reading so I, I went to this friend of mine's house at 2.30 in the morning because he had graduated from WSU, which is Wichita State. And I was like,
5: mm-hmm. and he was
4: like, thought it was an emergency. I was like, I got a miracle. I can read. <laughs> you know, everybody knew oh. I couldn't read, the whole family. Like, it oh. was just, everybody knew. Valerie, don't, she don't read. And so fast forward. I wow. bought, uh, a, Yeah, I bought flashcards. flash cards. I got, I, I took my nephew's elementary books and my mom would say, where are those books in, you know, school to make you pay the fee? Well, I have it. <laughs> so
5: mm-hmm.
4: I got flashcards. I went to, I bought elementary books because I knew that I didn't learn from there. And I got flashcards and I told my friend, let's study. I quit partying. I quit going to the club. All I could do was go over there. And he was like tired. And I was like, okay, learn these 10 spelling words, okay? And I was so happy. Well, from August to December, I'd been doing elementary work. Like, I'm I'm just now finna learn ABCs, and I'm like 30 years old, you know? And wow. So, uh, yeah, wow. and it was so amazing. So uh, I went to this meeting, and Paul steinberger and there was like, bunch of people, city manager, the city attorney that I got to know. He was turned out to be a nice guy, uh, the director of law. And they were mm-hmm. all around these educated people. And he said, Valerie, we want to know that you understand the board's findings. So we need you to read this letter, three pages out loud.
5: Mm. I just stood there. I never wow. read in my life. Yes. I don't know how to read this.
4: And so, in my mind, I was like, I was praying, Lord, you said to Rabbi. Now, I know, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was going to give the letter back <laughs> because I was going to say, why don't you read it? huh. And, and so he said it again. And um, I stood there. I looked at all these people. And I don't know what happened. It just started coming out. And when I when I got to the second page of this letter, or at the first page at the bottom, and I got to implement uh, the board recommend, the board would like to implement a new departmental policy. Oh, there's no way I ever read that. When I got to the word substantiate, I, the tears was falling on the paper.
5: Mm. I never
4: saw that word. I never saw none of the words on that whole page. Hmm. And then, when I got to the third page, there were some other new policies that they were going to do so that this mm-hmm. wouldn't happen to somebody else, and they you know, and when I got down with it, I was crying
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: and when the when the meeting was over, I got to the hallway, and you could just hear me wailing, I broke down, and I was just, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, <laughs> Lord, thank you, mm-hmm. Jesus. I knew I't did I was scared. Because I was like, I didn't do that. And I got on the elevator all the way down. I didn't do that. So I took this letter and I went home. I did it again. I did it. I got faster. I mean, I was fast. There's no way I did it.
1: And So so the Lord enabled you to read when you had no ability, I guess, because those were adult words. Those weren't child elementary words. I never read in my life. Wow. Well,
4: well, mm. I never put it down. And now, remember now, I'm going back and forth. One minute I'm, you know, one way, and then, you know, I'm struggling another way. And so, but over the time, I couldn't come out of the room. Like, even if I went to work, because I had a housekeeping job, working at the hotel, Then I worked in laundry, and I did what I was raised up to do. But I began to look for other jobs, like working at Walmart, and then it advanced, and then I got on. It it just, I I ended up doing home health care for five and a half years as the years went on. I never thought I'd work a normal job, but cleaning. And so, (laughs) but what happened was my family started calling me a weirdo, crazy, oh, something wrong with her, this. But what they didn't know was I couldn't put this stuff down. I couldn't stop. I would go to Bookaholic when it first opened, and I'd go to garage sales, and I'd just run to the books.
5: (laughs) I'd Mm -hmm. go to Walmart.
4: That's how I found your book.
5: Oh, oh,
4: well. I would always go to the Walmart inspirational book, and you know, they always have this little thing, and it's all inspirational. Well, I was suffering domestic violence, and there was June Hunt. And it was three little books I got all yeah. of them.
1: <laughs> good, good, Cause good, Because I had good.
4: heard you on the radio, but I could yes. read. Yes. Now, I'll never go to college. I know I would ne- I've never. i dreamed of it. I've always wanted to, but I didn't let everybody know. So when my IQ began to come up more, I couldn't stop. I still don't stop.
1: <laughs> you you so, know, let me just say this, Amber, Barry. Please do. Um, I, I, It is important when God performs a miracle, and logically, there would be no way that you would be able to read the kinds of things that, so you saw God intervene. And so, and I wasn't uh, worthy,
4: Joan. I didn't feel, (laughs) like, I felt, I'm not worthy. I'm this bad little kid. I never matured. I didn't have children. You know, I ended up barren. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was
1: worthy, but I just wanted to learn to read and write. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like reading and writing and learning the Word God. I tell you, we'll talk again.
0: We will send resources out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge, by the way. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope, and we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.